Hey everybody and welcome back to another edition of the Open Forum podcast. Today we have with us, I'm excited to say, Alana Freeland, an, expe- an expert in one of my favourite areas, having done decades of research in this space to better understand what is happening in the world around us, geoengineering. And if you don't know what that is, you may be familiar with a tiny element of it, chemtrails. And if you're unfamiliar with either of those things, prepare to have your minds blown. Alana has released multiple books on the topic Currently, um, she's uh, uh, currently working on releasing her fourth one. She's a, been a lecturer, a writer, a teacher, a ghostwriter, and also having helped uh, survivors of things like MK Ultra bring their stories to the fore with people such as Billy Hayes, aka the Heart Man, who I'm sure will come across in today's conversation. If you're under the guise that geoengineering just pertains to the weather, then think again as it enables militaries the globe over to weaponize our atmosphere through both manipulation as well as the DEWs, direct energy weapons, and so much more. But Alana, that is a very brief introduction to yourself. Can you maybe take one or two minutes, tell us a little bit about who you are, and then we're going to dive on in. Thank you for being here with us. Yeah, thanks, Sonny. Um, I have been in this now for 13 years. And um, it's hard for me to believe that, but uh, discovery is like that when you're writing books. Uh, you you know a little bit when you start out, and then you learn more through your research, and uh, and then that research gives birth to a whole other realm of research because you've now uncovered a few layers that you didn't know existed before. Now you're on to the next layers and the next book. And then you discover yet more, and you're on to the next book. You see how it goes. I mean, you think that, uh, you know, why would someone write four books on this? Well, each each of the books, other than this last one, really has to do with my level of discovery going on. I really had no idea uh, when I started that it was, there were so many programs going on under this classified thing called geoengineering. I mean, you hear that it's about solar radiation management. You hear that it's about ameliorating climate change and global warming. Uh, the Because the media is so skewed now and so bent, it really it doesn't even, um, I certainly don't read mainstream media. I don't want to do the work of figuring out how much is true, uh, which is very minimal, and uh, how much is completely a lie. So I, I, I have to pick and choose through. I mean, I'm now I'm pretty well known around the world, in, in at least in the West. Uh, so people send me a lot of people send me a lot of things. So I, I make my way through that, and I find out things from other people. It's like I have a I have a very big research team. Uh, and we're all researching a classified project that uh, it, you'd be surprised how much of that classified project is revealed in uh, a variety of places on the Internet. But you have to have the discernment to know the difference between the lie and uh, and the uh, the shade of gray uh, and, you know, what what papers mean what and what patents mean what. Uh, so, you know, it's been a huge learning uh, experience. I'm very grateful for 
Uh, but I have become more and more concerned because I see now how how crucial it is to so many other things that activists are pursuing. I mean, just one example would be 5G. You know, 5G is involved in this. Uh, synthetic biology is involved in this. Uh, surveillance is involved in this. Mind control is involved in this. I mean, you know, it's far, far beyond just controlling weather, which, by the way, is absolutely controlled now. Uh, it is all run by AI. And um, like this latest storm in Istanbul, I was just looking at, that is definitely a geoengineered storm, no question in my mind. So, you know, well, there I'd was like the earthquakes that happened in Istanbul earlier this year, wasn't there? The earthquakes that yes. just happened to coincide yes. with the moment when Turkey was supposed to be hosting Russia and Ukraine to be having uh, peace talks. Suddenly, we have earthquakes with multiple epicenters in a way that hadn't been seen before. An amazing graphic about that. that I'll see if I can try and find and add back into this afterwards. But no, absolutely. I mean, we can go back to the to the Vietnam War with uh, Operation Popeye, where the US were utilizing uh, cloud seeding in order to prolong the monsoon season in Vietnam, in both North and South Vietnam. This goes back decades. And you know, like you said, so much of this is in the open. Many people will outright say, ah, geoengineering, cloud seeding, uh, weather manipulation, it's all rubbish, it's all bunk. But here we have genuine documentation from the US government, no less, talking about operations that, that they did back in the Vietnam War. So that's what, the 60s to early 70s. If they had that technology then, if people think for one second they're not going to prog uh, progress and use that further, Lyndon B. Johnson in 1962 as vice president gave a speech where he said, we have weather satellites that are capable of controlling the cloud layer and he who controls the weather or which is then capable in turn of controlling the weather and he who controls the weather controls the world. You think when he was saying that in 62 and they did those experiments in Vietnam over the late 60s, early 70s, that they were going to give that up? <sighs> You'd have to get me up pretty early in the morning to believe that. Yes. And I think one of the ways they've hidden it in in the open is by keeping people distracted with a variety of other things, even, um, even good things. I, I don't mean to... Uh, to berate them because they're important. Like, like activists who pursue letting people know about how bad 5G is for your nervous system. That's super important. But what I've found is that this, this context of geoengineering is, is the, the big elephant in the living room. And, uh, it isn't just because of the weather that, that's, uh, that in itself is very important, and I can explain, if, if you would like, uh, how that is done, how you control weather systems, uh, and then the difference between weather and climate, because they also control the climate. 
uh, certainly with an AI system. I think it's a fair point, but before we even talk about the ability to control weather through geoengineering, maybe it's a good idea for the uninitiated, if you could go over what geoengineering is, what that entails, and then we can talk about weather, climate, chemtrails, things like that. Right, because the geoengineering is not the same thing as cloud seeding. Cloud seeding is a minor part of geoengineering, but it, it's still going on, and, and it's still important, but uh, it's much larger. Now, I have a definition up here on my wall that I really like. I mean, it's short and I can tease it out, intentional manipulation of global scale earth system processes. And that's really what it is. So I'll say it again, intentional, that's a very important word, manipulation of global scale earth system processes. So uh, you take a variety of things. That's why the title, the subtitle of my latest book the third book, is so long. Uh, Geoengineered transhumanism, how the environment has been weaponized by chemicals, electromagnetism, and nanotechnology for synthetic biology. And that's, uh, you're taking several very large systems and you're putting them all at the disposal of an aerosol system that can be uh, regional, it can be almost individual, or it can be very vast, uh, as weather systems can be, because if you control the jet stream, which the United States military does control the jet stream, then you can move that weather system anywhere you want in the world, uh, even over other nations where you have no right to be there in their sky space. Yeah. You can affect their weather systems and they will still, as long as it's secret to some degree, which it is through plausible deniability, you can assume that it is uh, climate change. And that's really the purpose of the story of climate change and global warming is those are cover stories. They are, are, are complete lies, except in the fact that there has been climate change. It has been changed. And there is warming that goes on. It, it, it's changed expressly by us not through incidental burning of uh, hydrocarbon no. fuels or anything like that exactly i think intentionally it's yeah. been intentionally changed intentionally changed i think th th there's a couple little bits there one thing is what you said about controlling the weather over far off places now if we just look at the local local level of that if let's say they wanted to make it rain here in Amsterdam, or let, let's take a real life example that everyone is aware of at this point, Dubai and their cloud seeding. What an inherent problem with that cloud seeding is, is it's going to have knock-on effects for their neighbors. It's going to have knock-on effects to the atmosphere surrounding that area. Because what it is, whether they're using um, aluminium iodide or something else in order to cause the crystallization of the uh 
water in forming ice and whatnot and then in order to cause precipitation this is all potentially dangerous stuff as it comes back down to earth but then if we look at i know iran's not the most trustworthy country in the world but the former iranian president uh was on the floor of the un on more than one occasion accusing the west of causing the droughts that were happening in iran during the 2010s and you also had uh, General Wesley Clark, who came out and said uh, there's going to be seven countries in five years that the US is going to invade. Now, eventually, it didn't happen over the five years, but the US did get to pretty much every country on that list. And it just so happened that every single one of those countries that the US wanted to go to were suffering droughts as well. Those droughts will cause famine, they'll cause civil unrest, and there'll be great ways to help stoke the local population and get things going like you say it's it's something that goes far beyond just local weather but it might be a good moment to talk about harp and the usages of harp and then um from harp talk about cloud seeding as well and how these two things can combine well harp is is uh very important um, and the first book that came out about harp was in 1995, uh, Angels Don't Play This Harp, uh, with the acronym HAARP for the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Project uh, up in Gakona, Alaska. Now, this is an ionospheric heater. The ionospheric heater uh, has been around longer than harp. Harp was pretty much finished by the uh, late 90s. And the weather program that I talk about as geoengineering, that, that comes from just now. I mean, we could go all the way back to World War I and talk about the chemical warfare in Europe, about uh, the fact that that was the very first air war. And so you had all this combustion uh, debris coming out of the planes. So the air, uh, you know, that it was an air war and not a ground war and not a sea war, because of course, before the ground wars, uh, we had the sea wars of when Britain was uh, number one in the world. So you, you always have uh, some sort of element in the natural earth that you have to deal with in, in your warfare. And um from World War One, when the chemical giants, the corporations like IG Farben, we had IG Farben back that far, we had it in World War II, it gave birth to all sorts of the pharmaceutical corporations now, uh, sort of the mother, the mother house of uh, all of big pharma. Um, they discovered in World War One, they can make a lot of money on wars now. And that is why the 20th century is just loaded with wars, but they're air wars and everything has to do with the air. So this was when the West turned to look at the pharmaceutical aspects of uh, the atmosphere and the upper atmosphere. Uh, this was before consideration of going to the moon and et cetera. I mean, there were always the Jules Verne ideas of going to Mars and then, you know, going to all the planets and rocket ships and we had all that. But that that sort of gave birth to 
the harp, uh, 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 ionosphere and heater, uh, because they realized early that they did not have control of the atmosphere. And um, we had a program back in the Reagan, uh, Bush, George H.W. Bush, uh, Dick Cheney, uh, 80s here in the United States. It was very aggressive, very warlike. All these guys were, were into war. Um, and uh, it, it was the uh, SDI program, Strategic Defense Initiative. And they sold it as um, as a way to defend against incoming missiles. But that's not what it was really about. It was really about kind of um, uh, the space program, the secret space program that actually began back in, uh, I would say, in the late 30s during the uh, European War. Uh, and we had, uh, I know we brought Werner von Braun, uh, the uh, SS card-carrying Nazi astrophysicist. Uh, Operation tremendous. Paperclip, yeah. Yeah, well, before Paperclip. We brought him over in 1937 to start oh. planning the secret space program from America. So they already knew that they were going to bring the Paperclip Nazis over here when they sold it as the war having been lost by the Nazis, which I do not believe they did lose the war. They actually just transferred over here. Uh, and uh, all their records were washed, and they were given carte blanche in all our missile bases, our universities, our hospitals, everything. Uh, and they began, as we know, MKUltra, which is, you know, was an incredibly sophisticated mind control uh, program of, well, 149 subprojects. Uh, and, and yet they also began the secret space program that Catherine Austin Fitz, who is a, 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 a financial advisor. She was also uh, in George Bush's cabinet, right? If I remember. Yes, she was. She was deputy, uh, secretary, yeah. uh, under, of, of HUD, the yeah. uh, housing and housing. urban development. Yeah. And she, while she was there, being a very honest person, I know her a bit, uh, she um, she actually blew the whistle on some uh, some criminal activity going on in the Bush administration. There was certainly a lot of criminal activity going on in that yeah. administration. Uh, and, uh, and she paid heavily for that. I think her uh, house was burned down. Uh, her, uh, her money was assaulted. Uh, and so she learned quite early uh, that um that, this is that, what that happens when you speak out yeah. yes this this is what happens and so subsequently she uh and a lawyer friend of hers named mark skidmore uh, went through the documentation behind the the uh missing 25 trillion 21 trillion dollars from the American budget. I mean, that's quite a quite a handful. And uh and discovered that it probably had been consumed by the secret space program. And so I always like to make it clear to people that my way of looking at the geoengineering is that it is part and parcel of the secret space program. And that's a secret space program that's still going on. I think we've gone a way way further off field just yet though 
let's come back to harp itself how is it that harp is used as part of this and well harp then- is essential he's yeah. it's essential because they didn't as i said they did not have control even over the atmosphere no the upper or the lower so how does harp so give them that harp comes in and it has uh, an ability to magnify its power because it's up there in the natural gas fields of uh, Alaska. So it's unlimited natural gas. And what they did is they, they built harp and I, this is where Billy Hayes comes in. Billy Hayes is known as the harp man. Why? Because he was one of the people, he was an MK ultra survivor. He had been raised and owned by the CIA since he was a child. Uh, they ran his education. They uh, programmed him with electromagnetics and all the things they would need for a team leader to be able to lead teams to 240 military uh, bases around the world and build things like heart, build these transformers, these transmitters, so that they would be uh, completely um, phased array antennas. And the the beauty of the phased array antenna, and you have, if you own a cell phone, which I don't, I refuse to own one because it's a weapon system, uh, inside the cell phone is a phased array antenna system. And, uh, and so on a very large scale, just consider the one, if you ever look at a picture of Harp, it's a very pretty uh, sight to see it up there with the mountain over it and the snow yeah. and, you know, That's the image oh, I've it looks got in so my head. nice, yeah. Yeah. all yeah. those antennas. And those are all phased array. And the advantage of them is not only do, can you get a lot of juice out of them, but you can, you can, instead of the old antenna, which was a sort of rotating kind of antenna, and you'd get a lot of loss. You could, it was not a, a not efficient forming kind of system, but the phased array is a beam forming system. So you take all those small antennas and you get them all into one wave, one beam, and then you can project it. So that's what they did with HARP. They projected it onto the ionosphere. They poked into the ionosphere and basically took it entirely over. And so uh, I can honestly say, and there's a video that takes place in the Alaska um, Senate in which the Air Force is there to tell the uh, senators uh, gathered there that uh, yes, we do control the ionosphere. And that was the whole purpose of HARP. It was not uh, submarine communication as was the cover story for that project. Uh, But no, uh, we now have total control over the ionosphere. And what that means is you have a weapon of choice that, uh, well, just cannot be beaten because you can bounce signals off of uh, the ionosphere and the ionosphere inside it. And it's, it's sort of around our entire planet. There's the ionosphere and that's above our upper atmosphere. And then above that is the magnetosphere. And that one, the magnetosphere is pretty much, I won't say run by, but certainly influenced heavily by CERN, 
which is on the border between Switzerland and France and mm -hmm. works in, in sync with the heart system. So uh, with, with the ions coming from the ionosphere, and we can draw those down into our atmosphere, and now, now we have something, but for the ionis, uh, for the ionizing of the atmosphere, you can't have just air. You've got to have the air pregnant with particulates. And that's where the nanoparticles come in. Yeah, you need uh, a medium to carry the charge, essentially. You do. You need a medium. Exactly. And so we have the jets flying. And and we have the drones and the rocket uh, launches as well, the sounding rockets. Uh, you get a lot of debris, but it's primarily on a nano scale. So a nano is one billionth of a meter, very tiny, but you have trillions and trillions and trillions of them. Uh, and so the air gets uh, our air that we're breathing and we've depended on for millions of years is now loaded with this stuff. So they take advantage. It's not just for dosing, uh, it's a military term, dosing the atmosphere and keeping it, as you said, so that it can transfer these, uh, all the, the ionization, keep it all intact so that we can have wireless transmissions. But it's also uh, to keep it so that they can utilize it as a means of transfer of all sorts of things for us to breathe and all creatures to breathe. And beyond that, to fall into the soil and uh, and feed the soil with uh, basically combustible and conductive uh, metals because that's the largest part of what's coming down on us is really metals. And that's aluminum, barium, strontium, chromium, uh, lithium, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. From my and understanding, one of the ways that we can confirm this is looking at soil samples. And like you said, we have these metals falling to earth. And some of these metals aren't found on their own naturally, like uh, aluminium. It's normally bonded. So when we look at soil samples and when we have a... Um, a control sample that goes back many many years we find elevated uh, amounts of aluminium where one there shouldn't have been any and two it's on the rise decade by decade so this is one of the ways in which and it's very easily checked as well that people like um dane with dane wigington from um geoengineering watch have looked at and proven that mm, something is going on here. You have Kristen Megan, a former industrial hygienist for the US Air Force, who's also taken uh, soil samples and whatnot and looked into this deeper and been able to prove and show that, hey, guys, there's something going on here. What is it? Why do we have these chemicals? Where are they coming from? What What is it that can make this more tangible for people then? how how can people recognize that this is going on around them because you know you've mentioned we've mentioned harp we've mentioned very briefly that there's jets and uh, drones and rockets going up above us what is it that can make it more tangible to the everyday person who's still not yet able to comprehend what's happening uh, you don't want me to talk about the 
the the weapon that harp is uh you want me to we'll go get to, to the now? weapon bit yeah we'll get to the weapon bit but let's okay. try and make so, it a bit more tangible as i feel like it's still a bit nebulous for people well it it is nebulous uh unless you um realize that you're breathing this air and uh it's in our lungs uh it's in our blood it's in uh it goes beyond the blood brain barrier because it's all full of nano uh sized um metals um nanofibers as well have been discovered in the blood yeah so uh to me i i don't know this may sound too simplistic but the health of the average american has gone down the tubes pretty much over the last 20 to 30 years and part of that you can blame on junk food uh, and part of it you can blame on just sheer the idea of pollution, which we've had since the 70s. They they really sold us on the idea of pollution. And now, of course, we're told that it's, uh, you know, that we're breathing carbons, et cetera. And that's why we have, uh, you know, the carbon sequestering going on, blah, blah, blah. But um, it, it's it really, uh, to me, it shows in the endless, endless, endless respiratory and uh, and nervous system problems. Uh, we have, uh, uh, no such such a, a deep dishealth now that we're not, because it's so tiny, you're not understanding uh, that you're, you're constantly breathing these things. And, and I, I haven't even begun to uh, describe the array of things, because mainly the thing that I'm most concerned about are the nanobots, uh, which are nanorobots. And they have tiny, tiny, tiny computers in them that are being communicated with. And your mind control, we don't need MKUltra in the clinical or hospital setting anymore. It can all happen through uh, a remote uh, use of uh, directed energy weapons uh, to uh, to program our nanobots already in our bodies and in our brains uh, remotely. And I find this to be, before the jab happened, I found this to be the most compelling part of the the final the final uh, objective of the harp system was not uh, just to, you know, despoil the earth uh, and all the natural systems with all this crap coming down. It really was, uh, there was a method in the madness to uh, to completely take it over, take over the brain. And of course, heart, one of the things it does, which is, seems very minor to, unless you understand uh, what pulsing frequency can do, but it's it uh, it is primarily pulsing frequencies that have uh, completely changed our ability to use our brains over the last twenty years. So uh, I find that to be you know if you have trouble remembering and you have now uh, earlier and earlier Alzheimer's in your family, uh, or uh, or you have uh, uh, autism uh, in your children, well you're talking heart. You're talking what's coming down from uh, what's being released, and you're talking about pulse frequencies. Uh, that's that's the key. 
part part of the autism thing can also be related back to the jabs though right because again that's very recent that's very recent you or you mean the vaccinations of children yeah yeah yeah, well they have aluminum in the vaccines exactly there's the metals going into the vaccines so but what isn't known is that you also are breathing aluminum oxide i mean aluminum oxide is the primary metal that they're using because it's cheap it has four times the surface area of all the other metals and uh and it's light it'll Mm. come down very lightly but in it by that you mean it stays suspended in the air for longer right it does yeah. It does. And then when it falls to the earth, it very nicely compacts into the soil as a combustible. This is something Billy Hayes was very clear on. He said that these metals are not, you know, it's not just that uh, metals are bad for us. It's that they can be used as combustibles, which means, it, you know, like what happened in Maui. Hmm. In Maui, I'm convinced that the soil, if I could go over there and examine it, chemically examine it, and see that it had a, a high amount of aluminum. And then my guess is that they also drifted down uh, the three days in advance of uh, what happened there on August 8th, is they uh, they also uh, delivered a combustible as well that would help when the microwaves came down from uh, above mm. and uh, and ignited uh, all those fires. Because that was a direct energy weapon as well, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. So before we go on the DEWs, why don't we then backtrack to what you mentioned before about harp being a weapon? I just wanted to make sure people understand that there's harp, and and I call it a harp system because in the mostly all of these ionosphere heaters are in the northern hemisphere, which is interesting, uh, and. Uh, the Northern Hemisphere, if you study history, which I have, uh, is the Northern Hemisphere primarily runs the world, not the Southern Hemisphere. Mm. We get all our food from the Southern Hemisphere. But uh, really, uh, the Northern Hemisphere has been dominant for thousands of years. So um, these ionosphere heaters, there's one right away, I think, in Norway, Tromso. Uh, there was one in Puerto Rico. It fell apart very nicely. I don't know what is there now. I haven't heard anything. That doesn't mean there isn't something. Uh, and then, you know, there are, there are different ones. There's one in Russia and they're, they're all around. And then now, since they got the big harp to control the ionosphere and control the jet stream, now they've got smaller harps you can call them smaller ionosphere heaters. You can put them on oil rigs, uh, ships. Uh, They're smaller, but they still have the same system, the same phased array thing, et cetera. So if you want to target, say, you want to send an earthquake to Iran. So to do that, you will use the ionosphere and you'll use the uh, the ability of two, I would say two harps, two harp-like uh, phase array antenna systems, and you'll hit the ionosphere in such a way that when the when it angles off, when the beam angles off, it'll be over Iran. But you're going to have to make sure that those beams cross, and it's known as interferometry. It's a real science. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you've got the, 
the beams crossing over uh, that area, then um, you uh, you you ignite it, you boom, and you can do that in a variety of ways. So this ability to cross beams and say you want a hologram in the sky, you'll need three beams. So th this this is a tremendous weapon, uh, this harp system on on a variety of levels. If you see my meaning, we can mm. talk about how it broadcasts uh, these pulses uh, and frequencies. We can talk about uh, how it um, can even um, do an interferometry over an individual target. Say you want to take some leader out, you can do it. Use it for that. So uh, it's it's ver very versatile and very powerful. It's also thought um, within certain circles that even the tsunami in Fukushima and was it the Indonesian tsunami in the 2000s were also potentially harp activated events whereby like you say it's kind of like when you're you're playing pool and you're trying to bounce a ball off the off the cushions right that's what they're doing with the harp signals they get two of those signals going or more depending on what the target is what kind of effect they want to have and then you can cause earthquakes underground or you can cause the tsunamis whatever you want that's right now with that being said then who in their right mind is doing this um, why are they doing this? I know we've briefly touched onto a little bit of the why with the transhumanism, and you've briefly touched on a little bit of the who, but can you maybe dig a little deeper on, on the who's and the why's of this? Because it, it it sounds like quite scary technology, and you know we've outlined the fact that it's been used before for warfare, and we've outlined the fact that you know, it has clear applications for things that although haven't been admitted for me for all intents and purposes the fire in maui certainly looks like it the fact that okay it's a bit chilly tonight um but if i was to walk outside and shine my flashlight up in the air there's all this almost dust like particulate matter in the air smart dust yeah mm -hmm. yeah so who is doing this and why well I think it's obvious that it's power. And um, as far Control, as who runs yeah. it, you know, I've studied it now for 13 years. And I'd have to say that certainly NASA and NOAA are just handmaidens, as Who's is the NOAA. Mm -hmm. mm, I don't know what the uh, acronym stands for, or I don't I don't have it memorized. NOAA. It works it hand in glove with uh, NASA. Um, so, uh, they're involved, uh, but they're just handmaidens. They, they serve it. So who makes the decisions? I would say it's the elites that we're now in, in at war with, uh, regarding, um, you know, the elites that run the World Health Organization, the elites who run the United Nations, the elites who have I don't. I don't mean even the Bill Gates level of elites. I mean, uh, I mean elites that. Did you know I was a student of Rudolf Steiner, by the way? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I can dip into that for a moment. Uh, occultists who uh, very much have uh, plans for the Earth, 
uh, in general. And um, it's not, they're not interested in owning more money. They own far more money than we can imagine. They own, uh, they can take land. I mean, that's what's happening in Maui. It's a, it's one level of what's going on there is it's a land deal. And they're taking it uh, back, just as they did in California with the fires there. But um, I think, um, generally speaking, the U.S. military uh, is in uh, is obeying uh, this thrust that you can see now, because the uh, the uh, the Klaus Schwab group, uh, the WTO, are not doing too well right now in my opinion i kind of i watch all this stuff carefully the um, wef sorry the world economic forum those guys wef yeah, yeah wef yeah, yeah all these w's right <laughs> they're um not doing so well so they're amping up the climate change uh agenda now this the storm in istanbul that you know is is really looking it's going to drown I don't know how many, uh, if, if if the entire city may go. Uh, so this is the new warfare, the use of, of weather for warfare, because you can always claim it's an act of God. Uh, and so to me, to have power on that level, it's not just the United States. The United States is is indeed where all of this is sort of fomented and, and set in motion. That's That's sort of sort of what the United States is used for in this cabal, that overarching occult cabal that has has agendas that uh, you and I don't even, have never even read in the, uh, you know, the, the most mystical history books we can find. Uh, so uh, this is, this is all taking place on multiple levels. And, uh, and I watched, I remember when Trump was in office, I knew he uh, had been chosen by the uh, military brass to to defeat Hillary Clinton, uh, but I uh, I didn't know if what kind of a man he was or what how much power he actually had. And when he got in office, one of the things I watched for very closely was will he take the finger the wrong finger on the button of geoengineering? Will he remove that finger? And then we all, we could have geoengineering. Just imagine it as something maybe has some good things to do with it, not just mm. war things. And that's always what I watch for is, uh, will, is there another power that can come in and over, uh, over, uh, overrule it and change the whatever. Yeah. yeah. Whoever these people are, because these people just, they just have unlimited power. Uh, and so that's what what I've decided. And do I have any proof? No, but I I have uh, some backup. There's a wonderful. Let me just get this for you. While you're getting that, one of the things that you mentioned with the U.S. almost being used by the cabal, one of the beautiful ways that I've heard this put is the U.K. is sort of the financial arm of this. The U.S. is the military arm of it, and the Vatican is the cabal leader spiritual aspect of it nothing to do with christianity but that deeper layer that satanism that's going on in the background that that kind of element of things there is what the vatican is in charge of so you've got these three different pillars 
from my understanding, you've got things like Freemasonry that go into it. I think historically it was that, but I think it's a little different now. Hmm. The Vatican is losing power. It definitely is losing power, but but um, no, that'll that'll do fine. Here in America, uh, our entire country is run by Freemasons, as is Britain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, you know, you have to deal with these secret societies that Kennedy, John Kennedy warned us of uh, yeah. just a few months before he was killed. Well, this is just a, this was printed in The Guardian in UK. Uh, and it was um, back in 2015 when the, it was during that period when uh, we were having all these uh, these meetings in New York for um, passing the carbons way to get money from nations by guilt tripping them that they're responsible for the climate change, et cetera. Yeah. Right. So, so this is Matt Anderson and he was at that time, well, he he's former executive advisor, aerospace and defense of Booz Allen Hamilton out of Chicago. Now that, yeah. that was a very powerful uh, defense contractor, right? This, this is the military industrial complex. Between them, and, Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, that's, yes, that's the three now big ones, those, right? Those, yeah. They were the three big, and now there's only these two, and then Booz Allen is less. But he said uh, in 2012, February 9, uh, few in the civil sector fully understand what that geoengineering is primarily a military science and has nothing to do with either cooling the planet or lowering carbon emissions. While seemingly fantastical, weather has been weaponized. At least four countries, the US, Russia, China, and Israel, uh, possess the technology and organization to regularly alter weather and geologic events for various military and black operations which are tied to secondary objectives, including demographic, energy, agricultural, etc. Indeed, warfare now includes the technological ability to induce, enhance, or direct cyclonic events, earthquakes, drought and flooding, including the use of polymerized aerosol viral agents and radioactive particulates carried through global weather systems. Various themes in public debate, including global warming, have unfortunately been subsumed into much larger military and commercial objectives that have nothing to do with broad public environmental concerns. These include the gradual warming of polar regions to facilitate naval navigation and resource extraction. I mean, is he still alive? Huh? Is he still alive? Because that is, that's. That's a lot of tea being spilled right there. <laughs> He's yeah. let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, he said that in 2012. And and it was printed and and you didn't hear a peep anywhere. Yeah. Didn't hear a peep. Unfathomable. So, so anyway, uh, you know, he 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 backs me up. Uh <laughs> I, I think both you and he have, have both said that, and it's important to emphasize that. The climate change narrative that we have today, it's an excuse to cover up for the things that they have already done. This notion that we can cool the planet through things like solar radiation management. For those that don't know what solar solar radiation management is, it is that element of cloud seeding where they produce a thin layer. If you go outside in the morning and you expect a clear day and you see those grid lines across your sky, 
watch what happens as those chemtrails, not contrails, chemtrails will expand. And it would look like if you had sand on your table and you lined it up and then you blew over the sand and the way that sand would spread, it's a similar sort of thing that happens with that cloud coverage. Then you get this thin, hazy cloud. It's not like something that I would have seen when I was little. And I know even when I was little, what, 20 something odd years ago, the clouds that I was seeing are going to be different to what they were when you were younger, Ilana, because this has been going on for Very such a long time, right? Yeah. Um, I think probably best bet to maybe see proper clouds is to head up to the mountains. I saw some pictures of a friend who was up on a skiing retreat and the sky looked completely different. The deep blue, I've never seen. Deep blue. I've never seen yeah. a day in my life. Yeah. Um, so that's important to emphasize. These things that we're being told that are being done in the name of the climate are absolutely not what's really going on. It's, They're lies. Yeah. They're absolute lies. And this Sorry. idea that the climate is changing and it's the world is coming to an end, it's all controlled in the sense of someone up there is pushing buttons or letting the AI take over to make sure the right buttons are being pushed at the right time in order to create the illusion of catastrophe and disaster so that the common man, the populace, goes along with the lies and the deceit. Just like we've been conditioned to do in the last, what is it, three years with the whole COVID malarkey. Sorry, do continue. You were saying... <laughs> Well, uh, no, I, I, I'm ready to move on to the, uh, the latest, uh, which is the connection between geoengineering and the synthetic biology. Uh, I think it's important. See, there are seven operations, and Clifford Carnicum, the independent scientist that I've worked with and who now is completely... Uh, uh, Vindicated. Uh, vindicated is the word thank you that's the word i wanted because uh what he was saying for years and and i still uh remember when uh he would he would be doing putting everything up in papers on his site uh and he'd be out there collecting detritus from from the jets passing over northern new mexico through the at that point still really beautiful azure blue sky really really deep blue sky and 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 then down would come this stuff and then and then this plasma cloud cover because that's what it's made of it's plasma because of the electromagnetics that they're using to move the weather systems create the weather systems create the low pressures the high pressures all of it uh and uh and then he would uh look you know examine it all particularly in a low budget. He didn't have all the uh, big fancy contraptions that, hmm. that the government has. Uh, and he would examine it uh, chemically primarily in order to see what was in it. And, uh, and it, it really shocked him. Uh, that was the beginning of realizing that the entire planet was being changed, particularly the atmosphere. That was very obvious that, the atmosphere we have now and that you've had all your life is not at all uh, the atmosphere that we used to have. Uh, one thing, just as an example, we have 16% less oxygen in the atmosphere now than we used to have. And that would go for our bodies as well. Uh, we have much less oxygen uh, available to us now uh, in our bodies. And that, that makes sense 
if you're thinking transhumanism, because they don't particularly want a human 1.0 anymore, the natural one of Mother Nature. So that one is uh, is slated to be changed. And that's why it was such a surprise when suddenly, boom, here comes this vaccination, so-called, uh, and uh, and people are lining up like lemmings. Uh, and uh, I realized that this was the proof in the pudding of the mind control that has been set up by the smart grid that uh, I wrote about in the second book. In the second book, Under an Ionized Sky, came out in 2018, from chemtrails to space fence lockdown. I talk about the space fence, and that that patent belongs to Lockheed Martin. Uh, and um, we had a space fence before under the SDI, Strategic Defense Initiative, but it was very minimal. It was minimal because, again, reminding you how I said, we didn't have control of the atmosphere. And they knew that if they were going to push and move this forward to where they wanted it for a, a transhuman race, that they had to have control over the atmosphere. So that's where Hart came in. Uh, then when they, when they finally were able to, uh, establish the space fence, and that included building some new contraptions down in the South Pacific, uh, but mainly it was the ionizing of the atmosphere, uh, that you and I can't see because our eyes, uh, in the electromagnetic spectrum, you know how to narrow our, our point of vision. Our vision is, yeah. Hardly see anything. But uh, the atmosphere, if we could see it, is really a grid now, uh, and it's completely electrified. Uh, it's not uh, etheric in hardly any way, shape, or form anymore, uh, which is a Rudolf Steiner word, perhaps, for people, but it has to do with ether. And we used to have ether as part of our science vocabulary up until the 1920s, and then it was removed. And it was removed for good reason. They did not want people to know that we are anything more than electromagnetic beings and biological. Uh, and so uh, now uh, the space fence, we call it the, the, the uh, smart grid. And you can't, you know, we know you can't see it, but we know we're surrounded by waves. We know that the Internet of Things is, is there, is, is partially part of it. Uh, we know that, you know, these, uh, the, um, the, uh, the towers that we depend on for the cell phones, et cetera. All of this has created a huge, uh, stew of electromagnetism that we now live our lives in. And so we're having all sorts of symptoms about that. Our children are having symptoms. Our children are, are cut off from nature. Nature is becoming less and less uh, important to people as we, you know, zero in on our, our electromagnetics and our so-called communication. Uh, so the space fence, uh, is a huge, huge change. And, um, Billy Hayes explains it all to me. And then I write it in the second book. That's really what it is. And I thanked him profusely. I could not have done it without him because he understood all that technology. Because he was programmed uh, in uh, it by the MK Ultra doctors, um, so that that's important to understand uh, what's happening with the nanotechnology now that we have breathed in from the air 
that's all this stuff is being dropped on us thanks to big pharma's agreements with the medical industry, uh, with the uh, certain uh, parts of the military, uh, intelligence agents, etc. It's all, as uh, Matt Anderson says, it's it's all a military, a big military thing. Uh, and uh, they're doing it all in front of us, but we can't see it. Uh, we can't recognize anything because none of their scientists are talking about it because they've all signed uh, 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 NDAs, uh, non-disclosure agreements, and uh, and or they've been threatened. Uh, their careers have been threatened. Their families have been threatened, etc. So this is why I call it the big elephant in the living room. If we didn't have this, uh, this is the this is the big thing that all of the rest of it is part of uh, in a in a sort of concert of uh, of the takeover of planet Earth and transhumanism. I mean, it's not just another oh another thing Elon is giving us to worry about. No, it's not another thing. It's the thing. It's the thing. It's the thing and, in the middle of the spider's web that connects everything else that's been happening. That they so never that mention. If, if, for those listening who might be unfamiliar with some of these concepts, so the transhumanism being being the big one there in, in what you just said, if anyone reads Yuval Noah Harari's latest book, I think it is, he specifically talks about transhumanism and the evolution of man and how he wants there to be uh, sapiens 4.0 essentially where technology is directly implemented within us you've got sapiens 2.0 and 3.0 where we're looking at people who have limbs for example and then 4.0 so you know cyborg arm or something like that and then you have 4.0 where it's essentially what elon musk is working on with um I forget the name of the chip that he's working on for the brain, but essentially well, he's that doing the neural thing. mesh. That's but it. The neural, neural mesh. Yeah. The neural mesh is a done deal. He's not working on it. Forget it. It's already a done, done. deal. Yeah. It's in all of us. It's in all of us because the uh, the hydrogel that is in the vax. Yeah. Yes. The people who've been vaxxed have much more than we do. They have the graphene oxide. They have the hydrogel. They have all the quantum dots in them. But we are now. We who are unvaccinated, and I am unvaccinated, are uh, are are experiencing the same thing. I mean, this is the real shedding, and it's mm. not happening from a virus infection. No, it's not about viruses at all. It's about the electromagnetics. All those people are on a leash. All those people who are the who constitute the first generation of transhumanism. That's who they are. Now, now, maybe not all of them, because not all the batches of serum were the same. They all had different connections. Different but end goals for each transhuman, one. The transhumans have all those things in them. And I, being in the world that is all electromagnetic now, and I'm surrounded by it, even though I ameliorate it in my own living situation, I own next to nothing that's electromagnetic other than my computer. So uh, this, we are subject to it as well because it travels by the air. It's coming down from the sky. It's being delivered to us by big pharma. So we're being sandwiched between the the uh, the inoculation 
and what's coming down from the aerosols. And this is why they're, they're now putting all of it in the food, all the foods that the live blood analysis group I'm a member of, where they're looking through their very high sophisticated microscopes at what is in live human blood and dried human blood. And then they're branching off now to see what's in some of the medicinals that people are taking from their doctors, what's in the anesthetics used at the dentist, what's what's in the insulin of diabetics. Uh, It's all impregnated by the same things in the CV-19 inoculation serum. You get my picture here. This is a takeover of synthetic biology, using synthetic biology to churn us into semi-cyborgs, total cyborgs, whatever you want to call it, but it is the the beginning, the advent of transhumanism, one way or another. So what is then the end goal? We've mentioned the essential terraforming of the planet in order to enable the usage of the electromagnetic spectrum to the nth degree that's wanted to develop this control element. You've also said that these guys don't want money. It's not money that they're after. They already control everything anyway. They don't need to have a few extra dollars in their account. So what what is the goal once the transhumanism well, transfer it's, is complete? It has, to, it has to do with the fact that they've turned everyone in my nation, and I've lived in uh, England, so I, I know what England is like, uh, and, and, and England, it turned all of the West into materialists, right? Yep. We're all materialists. Consumer uh, now I have yep. I have an inner life through my studies in Rudolf Steiner. So I have saved my soul in some ways that the common materialists like Mr. Harari, I, I would go further and say that he is a, a bit of a Satanist as well. Uh, you know, but, but when he when he says uh that now we're going to have surveillance under the skin i thank him for saying it boldly and with no apology and not needing to explain anything uh because he's right that's exactly what i'm talking about that has now we have breathed in we have an entire surveillance uh computer system in us that can be activated remotely uh for a variety of purposes so uh, the under the skin, uh, which he said, by the way, with a, a bit of a, a, a smile, I could tell he was very happy about this. Toothy uh, yeah. uh, And so uh, we, we are now entering another uh, phase and um, they, people think that they can take these people to court, that uh, you know, you can get them to face justice. Well, if they're occultists, they have a very different objective that uh, most people would not even imagine could be fulfilling. And it has to do with sort of thumbing their nose at God, the last vestiges of God, wherever that might still exist in this materialistic time. Uh, But at the same time, they want to be as gods, and yet they... They want to, 
the way they do it, it and I'm sure you've noticed this is is they copy everything that nature has produced, right? Everything really, really has something to do with nature and, and the way nature works. And then they either invert it or they change it a little bit. And, and it is quite clever. I have to admit, it's quite clever. Like oh, the hats self- off to them. They've done so well in getting all of this to work. And yeah, yes. no, 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 absolutely. Yes. It's taken it's some clever. doing. Yeah, It's not at all on the scale of god of what a creator being can really do you know it's it's kind of amusing if it weren't so dire if there weren't so much suffering awaiting us and um when i realized that they wanted they they literally and you hear this in uh mr harari uh they literally don't want humans to exist at all at all they don't want that free will nonsense. They don't want that soul nonsense. They don't want that spirit nonsense. They want absolute full spectrum dominance control over the soul of the human being. Now that's where I get a little testy because I know we have souls. I know we are spiritual beings. I know that we are high spiritual beings and that we incarnate into this realm of materialism in order to do something that even the angels have not been able to do. If we enter full on meat bodies, meat bodies, and uh, we have this brilliant mechanism in the body, which has sort of a computer side to it an ability to that someone could actually take us over in our brain particularly. So, uh, you know, we are vulnerable. We are very vulnerable. That's why we've created systems of law is uh, in order to, to take the burden off of us so that we can develop the true free will of the human soul. And we have an evolutionary path, according to Rudolf Steiner. And that evolutionary path has many, many helpers from the spiritual world. From the side of reality, I might add, that our masters in the West have removed from us as being at all important to true science, which is nonsense. All the scientists of the past, and Newton may have been the very last of a certain breed, all of them had a spiritual life, all of them. And then they were scientists, they were very clear now everything's mishmash, everything's a mess, and people don't know what they are anymore. So you ask what they could possibly gain other than power, which is quite an aphrodisiac for many low caste souls. Uh, but there is that, there is that which uh, would be where they could actually take the work of God, the most beautiful uh, human soul, and human being in in a body that that meets the needs of this planet of dualism, they could take that and turn it gradually over time, take the veins or take the nerves in the nervous system and make them graphene oxide. That's that's the key. That's what they're doing. That's why it was in the the inoculation. That's why it's coming down on us from uh, space. 
uh, the graphene oxide is essential to that. It's, to it desecrate has, the human body. Well, not to desecrate, to take the place of the nerves. We will not have the nerves that we have now if they have their way. We so, will okay. have very much cybernetic nerves. So, okay. There's a lot that we've covered there from right there at the end with the cybernetic nerves going back to the original steps of the transhumanism. Um, is there anything there then that people can latch onto or people can see? So are there patents for any of this stuff, whether elements of the transhumanism that people could potentially look up and see, hey, wait, okay, there are chips here or there are bits and bobs here that are supposed to be, uh, it's not self-replicating, self-assembling. Well, self-replicating and self-assembling. Yeah. No, that's the point of the books. I mean, you know, I I can't go around with memorized patents. Patent numbers, but there are patents out there. there oh, is tech yes, out there. there are hundreds, hundreds, hundreds. They have been prepping for this for many years, many years. And the thing is, the the person, the normal person, the person who is paying a mortgage, going to a job eight, nine hours a day, has children to raise, etc. What kind of time do they have to do real research, to go deeply into these things in order to see how they work? I mean, it's, it's very difficult. I have a lot of compassion for people because now I'm retired. I was not able to give my entire life to the writing until I had raised my children. I had to wait until I could really plunge in. And now I'm just, you know, I'm a big happy camper because I can devote all my time to this. So I try to lay things out for people so that they can see the most important things. Uh, and that's what the books are for. They're for references. They're not just to sit, you know, in a cozy corner and read. Uh, they're, you can look things up. You can use the index. You can, you know, that sort of thing. Um, that's but why yes, I have them, and proof. that's why I wanted yes. to speak to you because they are amazing books, and this is why I was more specific with the question of uh, the <laughs> patents and stuff. Because yeah. again, you know, we talk about it because one, I've read your books. Two, much like yourself, I've also dived into this, so we have that base understanding. But there are going to be people that are listening to this that are going to say, "These two have lost the plot. They've gone to the land of the fairies." They're talking about you know, <laughs> transhumanism. What kind of nonsense is this? But the tech exists. It's out there. And okay, a fair argument to that could be that just because there's a patent doesn't necessarily mean that there is a viable product out there. Fair. I will accept that argument. But then mm -hmm. I will say, okay, you're right. There is a patent out there. There's no necessary. It's not necessary that the patent is in use however all of the building blocks to said patent are out there yeah there is well, a very small gap to jump for that it is not a leap of faith it's a step over a crack to put two and two together for me right and i would have to at this point since you've reminded me it's very important for people to hear me say that the most dangerous invention i think to date if i were to to weigh all the things i know is nanotechnology it is the most dangerous because if i am right 
and all these papers that I've read. And, um, you know, I mean, we are loaded with this nanotechnology. I know for a fact that one of the things we're loaded with is nanosensors. Nanosensors are released generally in the stratosphere, the upper atmosphere. And then they, 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 by the trillions, by the way, by the trillions, released to pick up data, pick up data, 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 uh, take it in, transmit it to maybe the data center in Utah or wherever it is uh, to get that down to some uh, data crunching supercomputer or even quantum computer. Uh, but we also breathe in a lot of these nanosensors and they are taking our biometrics and they're taking our blood pressure and they're taking all these and that's all being transmitted, transmitted, transmitted. And that's where the, um, the, uh, the ability to, that we're all sort of one in this, the inoculated and the non-inoculated is that we are in this big data crunching nanosensor world now. I understand it's throughout the smart cities, it's in the sidewalks, it's in the walls, it's in uh, everything, it's everywhere. It's every, it's, it's, I mean, I'm sure they're in the uterus, they're in uh, everything. That's, none of this was tested before it was released. This was released, uh, a lot of the nanotech was released in the early 90s. And, uh, and yet it was pretty much discovered by, uh, by the mid 1970s. Uh, and, um, and so if we understand that it's all been released and we're all in it and it's, it's all, it's talking to us, uh, we're not aware of it talking to us, but we will be the more cybernetic we become, the more we become because it's already begun. It's not a matter of using the future tense. The, um, the ability to control the human, uh, certainly I have met a many people now, since, especially since the VAX, I have to say, uh, who seem uh, not the same anymore. And uh, they are different. And, and they are more machine-like, I would have to say. Uh, that sensitive human being uh, is is vanishing. And, you know, when I think of, I was a, you know, I had a liberal arts education, the real deal. Now it's been expunged from Harvard, from Yale, and, you know, it, it's gone. It's gone. All of the liberal arts uh, curriculum is gone. Uh, it, it, it made me more sensitive. Yeah, it was European. Yeah, it was the white man. Uh, but it was it was something that uh, sensitized my soul. Uh, and, um, you know, there was the poetry this weekend. I, I was able to read some poetry just to take the time because I don't I don't really do allow myself uh, much time uh, reading other things than science. Uh, but I just I just love to be in that world. I love I love that world. And I know, you know, a lot of people would criticize it. Certainly Marxists would criticize it. But um, that that part of the human soul that is sensitive seems to be being stamped out. And um, I I really, I, I 
you know, when my generation is gone, uh, then um, will it ever come again? Will an, a generation come again that uh, that was, uh, I don't want to say superior. It's not a matter of superior, inferior. It's a matter of a certain quality of soul that seems to be no more. And I simply do not, uh, I do not meet it except in people that are, around my age it's really interesting uh and um i think i think that's it is the school curriculum is more than just facts and figures it's it's actually an experience of knowledge and the way you take knowledge in and what kind of knowledge you are taking in as knowledge we're being encouraged more and more so to be quite clinical and quite sterile and this is also pushing people away from being sensitive to their fellow person. It's something that I see within the medical field really rapidly occurring. I have students now that can quote me facts and figures, but can't necessarily connect to the patient in front of them. It's really yeah. a little bit bizarre, or they lack some of the basic fundamentals in the job that we're doing. And it really baffles me to see that disconnect that's being encouraged by the curriculum. I think, you know, there's also something to be said that an element of this is also this Marxist critical race, critical gender theory that's also being pushed through the school system. It's being pushed through onto the next generations to again, further separate them out. And how do you take over a nation? You subvert the ideology, right? It's the old Yuri Besmanov of, uh, you know, we go to your schools. We don't need to go for the older generations. No, no, no. We'll, we'll get our goals met in two or three generations time by teaching mm -hmm. this rubbish to, to the kids and getting them to buy into it. Yeah. I how, think you're right. What, can we do then in order to protect ourselves because like you say this is coming down in the air around us and we live that uh, i'm 32 years old i grew up with computers i've got a phone i have de-googled it that being said right so i've i've done something to try to break away a little bit from the ecosystem that i was in but what is it that we can then do to try to protect ourselves because short of walking around everywhere with the Michael Jackson style umbrella from the sunlight, there's not a lot we can do. We know masks don't work. So what is there? For me, I, I, I'm constantly uh, beseeching people to protect their humanity in whatever way works for them. I mean, does Will the day come, and maybe it already has, and I'm in denial, that I say that to someone who has no idea what I mean by human. I mean, if you look at humans, uh, you'll see a lot of bad ones. And, and I hear that a lot. You know, all politicians are crooked. Uh, politics doesn't matter. Um, so people have withdrawn from leadership, from um, questioning from coming forward with what they have to say. 
for me, if if I if I think of I think of Christ definitely as a human being, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, and you see how he conducted himself. I see. Uh, I met John Kennedy uh, when I was sixteen in the Rose Garden because wow. I was at Girls Nation. And Bill Clinton was there, but I, I didn't know him, but he referred to Lucky. it often. And, uh, and uh, Kennedy at one point mentioned in passing that I looked like his wife. And I did look a lot like Jacqueline Kennedy at that time uh, with my wide jaw. And um, it was a, a huge experience. I, I had the feeling... An over, uh, overwhelming feeling, but I didn't value it at that point at 16, uh, that I had, that I had somehow known him before. Uh, he was familiar to me. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know what that meant, but that was the feeling I had. And then when I returned to my home state, I was asked by the, uh, civic groups that had paid for my trip to Washington, uh, to give a talk about my day with Kennedy. And then, I had to go back uh, three months later when he was murdered uh, in Dallas, and I I had to give a talk in a room full of sobbing Americans. So it, I think that was the beginning of um, my uh, my understanding of the various qualities. Not to say that he was any sort of saint. Of course he wasn't, but every everyone I met that I had admiration for had a quality that that I called human, and uh, I think that people who steal and murder and lie consistently uh, have lost their humanity. They don't have it anymore. Now that's my assumption. No one uh, gave me some sort of certificate when I was born that said, you know, this is what a human being is. This is what a human being is not. I learned all that through my own experience. Efforts. Yeah, it's it's essentially that, right? You know, if you're only worrying about yourself or you're trying to keep yourself separate, you you're never going to be appreciated in that way. You're not going to be a good human being. Being a good human being is something that's a step further doing well, more comes, for the society around you not just it, for your individual self from inside and yeah. i think there are times when you're going to have to stand in the public and you're going to be despised i certainly have been and yeah. it was not a matter of uh of the quality of my integrity it was a matter of the the group mind being opposed group think yeah to what i stood for in that one situation. But, you know, you, you, you stand with your integrity. You stand with your conscience. If your conscience says, don't do this, I learned that early. Don't do this. And then I went ahead and did it and everything was a mess. So that, that sort of thing, that remaining human, that's one thing we can do. Okay. Now let's get very pragmatic. Look at your living situation. What is your electromagnetic footprint? Do you own a lot of toys that are electromagnetic? Uh, do you have, for example, an Alexa uh, 
answering all your phone calls, listening to all your conversations, uh, making all your decisions uh, to somebody somewhere who's recording all that and putting it on some computer somewhere. Uh, you know, that, that idea of your relationship with electromagnetics to minimize it to the degree you can. Now, I don't own a cell phone and I don't own a television. Uh, I own this computer uh, and I own some things like a printer. But as far as anything communicating with me, I don't have uh, Internet of Things refrigerator. I have some old refrigerator. So uh, that that's, you know, make sure that your bedroom in particular has no electromagnetics in it. I mean, none, not even a clock radio. And certainly not a TV by which you can lie in bed and watch a watch the, you know the telly or or a video at night on your way to sleep. No, no, none of that in your bedroom. Why am I telling you this? Because I know how they're working at night to learn things about the human being. They're engineering people's dreams, my friends. They're they're in your bedroom, so. Uh, Pull all that stuff out. You know, we're talking about a human life here. If you want a machine life, load up. Go ahead. Just give yourself to the technology and forget the human thing. But I'm not going to do that because when I die, I'm going to slip under that door of death into the next life where I will digest what I have learned here this life and prepare to come back so that I can fight the good fight one more time. That's that's what I'm going to be doing. And if you want to hang out around people like me, you're going to have to be like me. You're going to have to make the effort to be great. Not that I am great, but I constantly make the effort to be a great human being, to be a worthy human being, to be a good human being, really good, so that I don't have evil thoughts. I don't I don't treat people badly. I you know, I can stand my ground if I need to. Um whatever is you admire in human beings and you know that you have admired certain human beings, you have admired certain qualities, go after those. Not all the electromagnetic toys and and looking good and big salary and nice car and all of that does not matter when you're out of here. Believe me, does Can't not matter. At least. No. Yeah. So that's the electromagnetic thing is very important. Then your food. Are you still eating out? Probably you don't want to do that or do it to a minimum because you don't know what's in that food. So start learning what's in your food and maybe meeting the people who make it, maybe meeting the farmer who grows the meat that you eat, uh, the vegetables that you eat, whatever. Become conscious in the things that you've thought really don't matter because you've got plenty of it coming through. But I don't know about the quality of what you've got coming through. And you need to keep this immune system. It's very ancient. It's probably millions of years old. And it has a certain spiritual intelligence. So treat it well, your immune system. 
Uh, I cook as much as I can. Uh, I'm now overweight. I suddenly looked at my a friend's scale and went, oh, oops, I've been at the computer too long. Uh, so, you know, whatever Happens you need to, to the do, best of us. <laughs> whatever you need to do to keep this prime so that you're not a broken down old lady. You see, I'm not a broken down. I'm 76. Everything works. Nothing hurts. Still sharp as a tack. Yep. Still sharp as a tack. You don't need to fall prey to Alzheimer's and and, and, and bad health and, and joint problems and all that stuff that you've heard. No, that's if you go to Western medicine. I never go to Western medicine. I always do Eastern medicine. It's much wiser. Um, okay, so food. That's very important. Uh, and then uh, your thoughts. Your thoughts. If you feel, and it may happen to you, you feel that you have thoughts that are not really yours, that you don't you don't think that way, you're, that you're not like that, then you may be picking up on on a frequency moving through you through the waves that we all live among, no matter how we protect ourselves. Um, so make sure that you understand that's that's not going crazy. That's you perceiving that that is not your thought and you let it go. And you keep your thoughts as pure as you can, but but in life. You know, you're you're processing real life. We're not talking about being a monk here. Um, very important. And then finally, that leads right to your inner life. You must have an inner life. You must have something that um, that you love, that you respect, a philosophy, a, a religious book, uh, a teacher, a mentor, uh, whatever. Um, Make sure you have an inner life because uh, what's going on out here, whether it's fame and glory or, or, or people who love you or whatever, it's not enough. You've got to have something going on inside that's, that's between you and it. And uh, I, of course, have uh, that in spades so that um, I am constantly fed and uh and taken care of in that way. So um those are those are my best uh you know I, I think that if you do those things even badly, but you do them with intent, the intent is the important part, you will you will profit from it in the in the way that I consider to be profitable. Beneficial, yeah. Even if you fail, fail forwards with it. Fail forward, right? Right. All right. I think that's Really beautifully put. Look, Alana, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us and thank you for your fantastic books. Looking forward to the new one when it is out. All right. Well, um, thank you for inviting me. With that being said, where can people find out more about your work? Where can people find these books and whatnot? Well, I have a website kept by my webmistress. Uh, she works for free. Bless her heart. Uh, her name, uh, I, I won't tell her name. Uh, it, and that's at ilanafreeland.com. It's a very, uh, a very beautiful site, and I'm grateful to her. And then uh, for the books, I for the third book, the the one that I told you about, geoengineered transhumanism. For the color version, for the black and white version, you can get it on Amazon. 
uh, evil Amazon. But for the color version, you would write to the Rudolf Steiner bookstore in Seattle, Washington. And uh, that they will send it to you. They carry every book I've written. Do they do international shipping as well? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And in, in England, if it, well, you're not in England, you're in Amsterdam. Um, in Amsterdam, you could get it in Dutch. But uh, anyway, uh, you can get it in English from the Watkins Bookstore in London. They carry mm-hmm. my books. Um, and otherwise, uh, I think that's all. Oh, and the other two books are available, too, at the uh, Rudolf Steiner Bookstore. Were you able to get them uh, in? How did you get them? It's essentially a Dutch equivalent of Amazon Bowl. I got those. Uh, And then what was really strange with it um, was the first book, the Chemtrails, Harp, and the Full Spectrum Dominance. That took almost a month to arrive. And initially, when it was delayed, I got an email saying, hmm, it's taking longer than usual. Would you like to cancel the order? And I didn't get around to it because what, what I was thinking was, okay, then I'll just get it off of Amazon. No problem. Didn't get around to canceling it. And then it turned up, a, yeah, what would have been then three weeks later without much of anything. But I thought that was quite bizarre with... <laughs> Like I say, essentially the the Dutch equivalent of Amazon. That's not the kind of service that you, you'd normally get, or the approach that you'd normally get either. But yeah, no, um, that's another story. But thank you very much. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah, but I want to tell you about one more thing I wrote, oh, and that yeah. is the Sub Rosa America series. Mm-hmm. Very few people know about it. It has a cult following of probably a few hundred people. And that is, uh, it's called Sub Rosa America, A Deep State History. And it is a very American kind of thing. Uh, It is my, it is a novel in 1300 pages in four books. And it is about uh, what has happened to America since John Kennedy's assassination. Uh, And um, it's quite wonderful writing, if I say so myself. I would say it is really my, um, my, um, well, yeah, it's the best thing I've written, uh, in, in, in a sense. Uh, but it's not about geoengineering, though it has geoengineering in it. There you go. Always important. (laughs) All right. All right. Blessings. Thank you so much.